uh, Exodus chapter 15, and you can find it on page 69 in the Green Bibles. Exodus chapter 15, the song of Moses and Miriam. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted. I will pursue. I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils. I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them. By the power of your arm, they will become a stiller stone. Until your people pass by, Lord, until the people you bought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots and horsemen, went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them, but the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. And then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women followed her with tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is ex highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. This is the word of the Lord. Colin, thank you. I know it isn't all based on feelings, but I always feel so full of faith to preach from God's Word after Colin has read. <laughs> I kind of believe he believes it. <laughs> and so do we. God's Word in our hands. What a privilege. What a responsibility. Let's pray as we come to feed on His Word this morning. Father, this is a day of remembrance, tinged with sorrow and regret 
on a human scale. But Tinge, we want to pray now by your spirit as we look on a global, cosmic scale all throughout history, as we remind ourselves of the story of your people here in the book of Exodus, of your great power. We remember your mighty deeds. We bring to mind your promises. And we ask that your spirit would refresh us now, increase our faith, our hope, as we look forward. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen. So glad that uh, Colin was able to bring to life the sense of wonder, the sense of excitement, the sense of praise, the sense of awe from this song of uh, Moses and subsequently of Miriam. Do you notice, interesting, just a little aside, I hope you've got it here, page 69 and 70, verse 21, Miriam takes up a tambourine and she sings, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver, he's hurled into the sea, which is exactly what Moses had sung, verse 1, I'll sing to the Lord, he's highly exalted, both horse and driver, he's hurled into the sea. Sometimes people ask, why do you repeat songs? I think it's because it's biblical to repeat songs. When God has done something wonderful, we repeat what he has done. We rehearse the good things of God. And sometimes we just can't keep it in once. We repeat it as the Bible seems to lay out for us. Just flick back for a little bit of context. I want to give three headings and then other people are going to come and speak. uh, Looking back at what God has done amongst us so that we can look ahead with excitement and with hope. But look at uh, page 69, verse 10. Chapter 14 gives a sort of, um, uh, chapter 14, gives a sort of context for this song. Um, we've been looking at how God has been faithful to his people. He's uh, brought about this terrible plague of judgment, the 10th plague of death on every household. But a way out, a way of escape for the people of Israel through the sacrifice of a lamb. So the lamb dies in their place. And they may escape death and go free. And they, the Lord passes over those houses. And he brings them out from their slavery. Another deliverance, spiritual deliverance and physical deliverance. But verse 10 of chapter 14, as Pharaoh approached, the, the Egyptians have followed them. The Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. They are fearful, terrified, uh, and uh, extremely nervous of what is about, what they think is about to befall them. And the chapter 14 goes on. God's great physical deliverance. He simply asks Moses to hold up his staff. And uh, as Moses records in the song, he blows through his breath a wind that pushes back the waters and provides a way for the Israelites to pass through the Red Sea. And then it closes up again to swallow up and engulf the Egyptians. And that little uh, episode is summarized in verses 29 to 31 of chapter 14. Uh, There's an event, its significance, and its ongoing consequence. Verse 29, here's the event. The Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. 
a wall of water on their right and on their left. That's what happened. That's the event. Here's the significance that Moses records. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. The significance is that Israel learned who Yahweh is as he demonstrates it through his deliverance of them. He really is the Lord over and above all Egyptian gods. And they see the evidence of that as they see the, the enemy they had just previously been fearing and were terrified of lying dead on the sea floor. There is no God greater than Yahweh. That's the significance of the event that they've just witnessed. And so what's the consequence of that? Well, verse 31, the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians. The people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Just hours earlier, oh, why is this happening? What are you crying out to the Lord, crying out to Moses? It's all your fault. Why don't you just leave us in Egypt? We'd much, we'd far rather serve the Egyptians. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. We know, we remember. Do you remember how Pharaoh was making their work and their life harder and harder and harder? That's rubbish that they would have rather served the Egyptians. But because of this event and its significance, they now trust the Lord and trust Moses as the Lord's appointed leader. And so this song. Because, as C.S. Lewis puts it, joy is not complete until it is expressed. That's why we give space in our services when we gather corporately, and I hope also in our midweek groups, uh, in small groups, to express joy, delight, awe, wonder, reverence at what God has done. Because in some ways, I think C.S. Lewis is right, it's not complete until it is expressed. We give expression to it in some way. It just pours out of Moses and the Israelites here. Just one thing to notice in this first heading, verses 1 to 5, that Yahweh, the Lord, as he's revealed himself to Moses and to the, to the Israelites, Yahweh is worthy of praise. Verse 1, I will sing to the Lord, for he's highly exalted. Verse 2, the Lord is my strength and my defense. And you see the little footnote there to um, little C or song. The Lord is my strength or my, and my song. He's become my salvation. He is my God. Do you notice, although this is the whole of the Israelites singing, notice the personal pronouns. My. My strength. My song. My salvation. It's, that's something that each and every one of us could say today. Not just that I'm part of St. Dionys Church and other people worship and other people sing and other people give expression. Do you, personally, do you give expression out of a heart of sheer gratitude and delight and wonder? Do you personally give expression on a regular basis to what God has done? My salvation, my strength, my song, my God. I'm going to invite um, Sean and, and Jamie just to come and join me. Let's get a, a mic for them. Here we are. Because uh, they were leading Worship Central on Wednesday night and uh, gave some space to hear God. And uh, I'd just love to, you to hear a little bit from uh, these guys. Um, I, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say two things. Is that okay, Tim? Yeah. Uh, firstly, I think a specific answer to prayer was um, for the worship uh, was for Jamie. And uh, yeah. it's absolutely fantastic to have Jamie with us. Uh, he's a great inspiration. So 
Praise God for Jamie. It's wonderful to have him. Uh, and secondly, on Wednesday, we gathered here. Uh, we were few in number, but uh, uh, the Lord was here, very present. And we had a fantastic time just worshiping God and waiting on him as well. And during one of those times of waiting, I had a picture of a goal, like a football goal. And uh, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm not quite sure what that means. Uh, if Ray's here, I'm not, I don't think it's, he's saying that he supports Fulham. But, um, so I just waited on that. And look, I felt the Lord say to me that um, our goal is to worship him, is to glorify him. And I was reminded of the uh, Westminster Catechism, which says uh, man's chief end, and man is a generic, so it's men and women. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And I, I think it was during that sense of worship was, to, was praising God, but also to personally enjoy him in our lives, which he wants us to do. And Jamie, I think you were going to say a little bit about worship as well, what it means to you. Cool, yeah. Um, well, yeah, just leading on from what Sean was saying, I guess um, worship for me is basically to glorify God and to enjoy him, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's obviously something I'm really, um, really passionate about. And um, yeah, particularly musical worship, although obviously there's um, worship is a lifestyle and there's um, a lot of other ways we can worship God. But um, yeah, yeah, I guess that's all I wanted to say, really, just, um, just about, um, yeah, how uh, and what it means to me. Guys, thank you very much indeed. And we really appreciate all you do in leading us in worship in song. Let's just show our appreciation to these guys and others too. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Cheers, guys. Go on, Jamie. So my first heading there, just Yahweh, the Lord, God, is worthy of praise. But uh, my second uh, my question leading into the, my second two points of this um, question is what's the content of the praise and the worship we can see the content here in their song um, verses 6 through to 12 on page 70 and I guess it's summed up by this phrase in verse 6 Moses says your right hand Lord was majestic in power your right hand Lord shattered the enemy and he goes on to describe how that was the enemy boasted Verse right, we'll pursue them, we'll overtake them, we'll divide the spoils. We're, we're bound to get this motley crew of Israelites. Verse 10, you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who's like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. Because of his right hand. Forgive me if you're left-handed, but if you're right-handed, your right hand is largely responsible for exercising your will. I want to write a letter to someone. I write it with my right hand. I want to dial some numbers on a telephone to give someone a call. What I will is executed through my right hand. So my right hand is, if you like, the actual manifestation and demonstration of my authority, my power, my right, my will, my pleasure. Everything that is me is, is if you like, expressed through my right hand. When the Bible talks about God's right hand. It is the expression of his authority, of his will, of his character. Your right hand. They recognize in the song all the things that he has done. They praise God for his mighty deeds as they look back. The content of their praise is awe and wonder at his majesty 
at his intervention, at his timing, and at the things he has done out of his will, in line with his character, through his right hand. Now I want to just uh, give opportunity for others to um, share what is going on as we've kind of looked back and asked God to um, drive and inspire us to do mighty things in and through us. And uh, I'm going to invite Tim Young, who's a member of our church, goes to the 6 o'clock service, uh, but often comes here too. He's a member of a house group here. And uh, this house group in particular have been praying about how we might um, tilt the triangle. It was our kind of particular vision for this term, how we might be more mission-minded uh, in the way in which we gather as small groups in church. So, Tim, what's, uh, what's going on? Uh, do a bit about Geraldine okay. with the rags. Yeah, okay, two, so two home things. group. And briefly, if okay, you will. I'll try. Um, okay, home group, meet on a, a Tuesday night, and um, we've basically been hit with this outward-looking uh, kind of emphasis. Um, and we basically just trusted and thought of a couple of ideas. And what we do on this kind of rotation, so the first week we do a pub quiz uh, where we go as a group, sit in a pub, and um, do the pub quiz. And luckily we've got Nick, and I don't even know met Nick, but he's incredibly bright. And so we always finish uh, in the top three, which is good. And the last one we won, and um, Nick decided to give the money or the prize of meals to uh, another team, a girl, it was her birthday. And that just let us have a little bit of conversation. Uh, we've invited our friends along, because everybody loves a good pub quiz. Uh, you get a bit of food and a bit of a chit-chat. And in between the questions, you can have um, just that easy conversation. It's a relaxed environment. It's not um, kind of smells and bells and uh, crosses and things. And so we have these um, really good relaxed conversations. And so it's just been a really good entry point um, to get people along. And the second week, we do uh, a dinner party. And um, a brilliant Thai green curry was cooked by Sarah last time. Uh, and the idea there is we have our food. After the main course, uh, we just lob in a question like, uh, what's, what does life mean for you? Why do you get up in the morning? Um, what are you going to do in five years' time? Um, sounds a bit like a <laughs> sounds a bit like your boss would ask you. But, um, so the conversation just flows, and um, we listen. We don't tell. We just sit there and listen. And then they automatically, after 10 minutes, will ask you, well, what do you think? What is your purpose? Why do you get up in the morning? What are you looking forward to? What are your hopes? What drives you? And it just gives us a little opportunity to share uh, what we're about. Um, I invited a guy from work, uh, totally opened up, started telling me about um, his life, this kind of second life in America, a child that he had that is no longer with the wife, and all this kind of uh, just hurt in his life. It was just great to offer something back uh, to him. Um, and he would never, ever, he would never, ever step foot in this church. He says he's too bad uh, to come to church. But he was very happy to come for a bit of free food um, and a beer and uh, just have a conversation that way. The third week, we have a normal home group. And the fourth week, I think, is home group central, which is just a cool time for us to meet up and hear what other people are doing and how they're kind of uh, being outward-centered or what they're doing in their group. Uh, and just a good time. So I encourage you, uh, that's a real kind of good time to feedback and just be built up by what other people are doing. Second thing, just, just, just to pick up on that, the normal house group, I mean, what it's easier for me to observe as an outsider in is there's no such thing now as a normal house group because the buzz and the energy and the vision and the excitement that has been generated by all these conversations and this activity has, has grown the house group together. And they can't help, but you can hear from Tim as he communicates, now, he can't help but talk about it, can't help but begin to praise God 
and uh, to, to express it as we've been seeing here. So um, very exciting what's going on in, in this house group. But go on, just tell us about the rags, Random Act of Grace. Uh, so Sunday church evening tonight in the kitchen uh, down the road. Um, was in Starbucks. What we do is this thing called Random Acts of Grace. Is once a month, uh, we go out and um, HE normally finds these different people who uh, just need a bit of grace, basically. Um, and I don't know about you on Sunday night, but I start thinking about work. Uh, and I'm kind of really reluctant to come all the way from Wimbledon uh, in the dark, in the rain. Uh, normally Chelsea are playing, so it's really slow. And uh, then to give up an hour and my half to then go and, I don't know, sit with some old woman or uh, paint her room or... That kind of thing. I don't know, it's the last thing I want to do. And so you have this real battle of, oh, my goodness, what am I doing? Uh, and kind of like you start mumbling and grumbling like an Israelite. Uh, and then you just got to go, well, who's superior here? Well, God is in my life. And so um, that's what happens. So we, this old lady called Geraldine who has got OCD, she collects lots and lots of things. And um, her flat is just water ceiling uh, in newspaper cuttings and just really odd stuff, stickers and stamps, and bags, and um, she hasn't been at the flat for about three years. She lives in two rooms with a dog that seems to leave stuff, not very nice stuff, all around the place, and she heats the flat by opening a cooker and switching on to full blast. Um, she, when we arrived, was panicked, because there was four of us who were going to say, we're going to clear your flat here, um, and she's like, oh, oh no, I'm, uh. and gradually and slowly, um, we started moving stuff. It took us an hour and a half to clear a square meter, 10 bags full of rubbish. Uh, and she said, well, are you going to come again? I really enjoyed that. Um, we said, yeah, we will come back in a week's time. Will you promise? Yes, we will promise. I will come back. Four weeks' time, we'll do it again. So we came back, this time loaded with more bags, more heavyweights. Uh, and we cleared um, probably about six meters squared, and it was about 40 bags worth of rubbish. And she, this time, I put a little bit of mascara on. And I thought, oh, where do you put a bit of mascara? Well... I quite like you and Harry coming round because I have a bit of chit-chat. And suddenly this, you see this old lady coming alive and she was kind of vibrant. She's like, oh, really sad. We get talking to her and we pull out old photos. There's lots of old photos of her life for the last 40 years. And she was really glad. She's a real glamorous girl. And she's kind of like uh, got no self-esteem. And we were just had this conversation on the back of it. And she's, yeah, I, you know, I don't know why I get up in the morning. Um, I, I just really want to die, if I'm really honest. And so you get these little opportunities then just to throw something in. Why, you know, why? That's just odd. Why do, why do you want to die? You know, sure, there's more to life. There's happy people. Well, we're going to come back in four weeks' time, so I want you to be around. And very slowly, it's just, just grown and grown and grown. And I think where it comes back to us is um, you grumble, you mumble about these things, and they are scary. It's like when you have to go out and, I don't know, what fills me with dread is going around the pub and doing Christmas carols at Christmas. Because um, you look an idiot, um, especially if you can't sing. Uh, but... You've got to just simply say who's in charge and who's superior. I remember Tim just finally uh, told me about a banker who walked into work. And when he walked through the doors, there was the crest of his bank. And he would always pray every day that um, that crest is not over him. That the cross uh, sits above the crest of his work. And I think that's simply it for, for us. For a, Friday, uh, sorry, a, Saturday, a Sunday evening for me, coming here when I got work the next day, the cross sits above uh, my King's College School badge. And that's it. Wonderful. Tim, he makes a difference. The Lord makes a difference in individuals' lives and in uh, groups' lives. Tim just mentioned about going out to the scary thing, going out to the pubs. And there's an idea that's brewing uh, amongst one or two of us. Tom, can I invite you to come and uh, join us? Tom's a member of another house group. He and Katie have been really supported by that group. So the Fellowship Inn is strong. 
And uh, out of that, the Lord, again, just uh, prompting a little idea. Do you want to share um, what that is, Tom? Yeah, uh, good morning. Um, I guess we were challenged in the same way that Tim's house group was by his Tim. Um, uh, and one of the responses was to just, to, to, I guess, to see what, what really what we can do, um, hopefully playing to our strengths, um, but potentially playing to our weaknesses as well. Um, and uh, so the idea came up of, of doing something around uh, the time of Christmas when everyone's all in a great mood, um, people are just starting to think, you know, Christmas, what's it all about? Um, and, and so we came up with an idea. Can I ask two questions? Can, can you put your hands up if you like singing? Come on, I want to see them. Okay. Now put your hand up if you like going to the pub. Those hands went up quicker, didn't they? Did you yeah, they that? did. They did. Um, th- that's pretty much it. Uh, I think it's going to be the Friday before Christmas. Um, we're going to do a lap of the, uh, the green here. Um, I don't know where we're going to start. I don't know where we're going to finish up, but I think we'll probably decide a bit closer to the time. Um, but it'd be great if all of you could join us, um, uh, really just to, to, to show what the church family uh, is like. Uh, and to get people to join in. And I think also as part of that, if I may just say, sorry, I'm doing a Tim Young here. Um, <laughs> if I may just say, what, what we are hoping to do is, is draw people not only to, to that carol sing, but then through it. Because I think um, uh, as part of the, the Christmas time, people think, oh, yes, you know, I might go to, to a carol service or I might go and do this, that or the other. But I think hopefully then to draw people, to interest people through the, the Christmas time. I mentioned at the, um, at the prayer meeting last week is that not many of my non-Christian friends have, have come to me and said, um, I'm not a Christian because I'm not really sure how many shepherds there were, or I'm not a Christian because um, uh, I'm not really sure that there were three kings. And actually, I think they were called major. I think there were people come with a lot bigger questions. So hopefully, um, through that, we'll try and draw people through through to um, uh, be to experience God um, through the rest of the year, and hopefully have some of those questions answered. Brilliant, Tom. Thank you very much indeed. Um, just to try and draw those together. Uh, I think the Lord raises faith. When we look back at what he's done, we're willing to embrace things that are maybe a little bit scary or a little bit frightening. It's relatively safe to invite people to come into a carol service here because we're very familiar with it. But for us to go out to the pub, which is familiar to um, some of us, uh, and to sing on their patch, that's quite scary. I went to go and see one of the publicans, Neil, in the Duke on the Green. I said, We've got this idea that's sort of brewing. Can I just run it by you? And I, I could feel a little knot of sort of, a little knot of fear, if I'm honest, in me, as I began to explain this idea that a few of us would like to come in, give some words out of um, some familiar carols at the Christmas season, and we'd love just to invite everyone to join in for just 10 minutes and sing two or three carols. And I, 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 could, I could feel myself thinking, that's a stupid idea. He's going to say no. He's going to say, that's a bit weird, and a bit wacky, and a bit whatever. He was so enthusiastic. He was so enthusiastic. He said, great. You know, why only 10 minutes? One and a half an hour. I think that's fantastic. Brilliant. No, I mean, he, he does go to a Catholic church. So he's sort of um, kind of on side in that sense. But he can't wait for us to come in and just to sing some carols, lead whoever's there at the time in some carols. And I tell you what, I tell you now, I'm going to be part of that. I'm going to be part of that. And I know I'm going to be nervous. As I walk through that door, I'm going to be feeling a bit nervous. But I, ha- I, I think I've got enough faith to believe this, that come February time, I'm going to be enjoy- joining with you guys in looking back at what God has done. Mighty deeds as we step out in faith. So I, I'm going to be nervous. I expect you'll be nervous too. But we join together. And I think the Lord 
is pushing us out and causing us, calling us to follow and obey him. Because he's done mighty deeds. Finally, briefly, verses 13 to 18, it's God's unfailing love is the second content of our praise or of Moses' praise. It's his mighty deeds and his unfailing love. Verse 13, your unfailing love will lead the people you have redeemed. You note the faith there. Just a few hours earlier, they're wondering what on earth is going on. Moses, what are you doing? Lord, what are you doing? Now, through the song, your unfailing love will lead those whom you have redeemed. They know they've been redeemed through the blood of the Lamb. He's saved them from death. They are alive. He's rescued them from slavery in Egypt through miraculous ways, through the Red Sea. And now the people can sing with confidence, you will lead us. You will lead us. You see, looking back and giving thanks raises faith for the future. Just look at verse 17 as we remember. Do you remember those three Ps that God promises to Abraham that he will raise up a people to inherit a place, the land, and he will be present amongst them? People, place, presence. And now look what they're singing in verse 17. You will bring them, that's a reference to the people, you will bring them and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, the Lord, the, uh, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The people in the place, in the sanctuary or the dwelling of the Lord. They're remembering what God has promised and they're recognizing that God is faithful to his promises and that he is bringing about all that he said he would. So we look back as a church and as individuals within a church and we give thanks for his mighty deeds and we look ahead to the way in which he will continue to lead us in his unfailing love, in the constant faithfulness to his promises. That's why we look back and see how he's been faithful to us in the evening and through the rags and the ministry there. And we believe it's a time for us to move out from Starbucks where we have been to the kitchen. I think the kitchen is going to be um, I, I think it's going to be a better per, uh, venue that serves us and we can serve them too. And we can serve the wider community. I'd love you to be aware of that in your prayer. I know not everyone can come. It's a, not a great time for young families and so on. I understand that. But if you are available and you can come to join us as we kind of take what we know and celebrate in here out into a community that desperately needs to hear of God's love and God's faithfulness, of his mighty deeds, so that they can join in with our celebration songs. We're going to sing our final uh, song together. And then uh, once we've sung that, uh, the King of Love, his faithfulness, his love to us, once we've sung that, we'll just have a few minutes to stand in his presence and to ask his spirit to minister to us. Let's stand as uh, Sean and Jamie lead us in a song of worship and celebration.